0: As we come to your word now, we humbly ask you to shine your word on our hearts so that we may see you more clearly. Uh, Please use your word to wake us up from our slumber, equipping us to live more like Jesus. We ask that the spirit of wisdom and understanding would teach, rebuke, correct and train us so that we may live out our faith with passion and zeal. Captivate us with your beauty, Lord. Lord. Uh, we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, the head of the church. Amen. Um, Everyone's got an opinion about what Christians should and should not do. Uh, Even those who aren't religious have an opinion about what Christians should and shouldn't do. Uh, You know, something like uh, reducing global warming or or promoting gender equality. I mean, it it may be true that, you know, one might say that uh, Christians should try and make the world a better place... Well, yes. Well, okay, so what about us here in church? Everyone here's got a a view about what Christians should and shouldn't do, don't we? So what's yours? Have a think for a moment. What do you think we should and shouldn't do? Uh, Don't offer me the Sunday school answers, Jesus, God and the Bible. I've heard those before. No, have a think. Uh, If you had to begin a new ministry tomorrow, what three things would you focus on? Like, how would you seek to advance God's kingdom here on earth? Well, that's what today's passage is all about. We'll be seeing how Jesus' followers can continue to advance God's kingdom by doing what Jesus did. At the end of Mark chapter 1, we'll learn how Christians should continue uh, Jesus' ministry that he started. So let's, let's pay close attention now to God's word in Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 29 and immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John and now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever and immediately they told him about her and he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve them. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, "'Everyone is looking for you.' And he said to them, "'Let us go on to the next towns, "'that I may preach there also, "'for that is why I came out.' And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And Aleppo came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, "'If you will, you can make me clean.' To spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places. And the people were coming to him from every quarter. Now, this is the word of the Lord. So the question today is, how can we continue Jesus's ministry? Well, firstly, by caring for everyone. Point one, care for everyone. Uh, We should care about everyone because that's what Jesus did. And because Jesus cared about the physical needs of many people, uh, we should too. Uh, Sunday afternoons are perfect for unwinding, right? You know, after church, for example, we can eat and chat with our friends and family. Uh, I don't know how you like to relax after church, uh, but I'm sure it's great. Uh, me as an introvert, I actually recharge alone by myself, you know, somewhere quiet. And so I would struggle if uh, people kept coming to me and wanting things and wanting me to do things for them. Uh, but look here, Jesus, Jesus cares for people that come to him after a big day. He cares for the needs of Simon's mother-in-law after an eventful day at the synagogue. Look with me at verse uh, 29 to 31. It says, and immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve them. Jesus had just been teaching in the synagogue with authority and even casting out an unclean spirit. And now the disciples are like, we need more help. Simon's mother-in-law needs help. And Jesus helps her. He cares for her. Look at the words that Mark uses to record Jesus' care. He reaches down. He lifts her up by the hand. Lifts her right to her feet. He restores her health completely and entirely so that she's capable of doing things for them, serving them. And soon... People from all over the city are gathered uh, at Simon's door for help. Uh, Apparently, Jesus' fame has spread very, very fast. Uh, People are coming to Jesus in desperation. And Jesus takes care of them all. Now, look at verses 32 to 34. It says, That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons uh, and he would not let the demons to speak, permit the demons to speak because they knew him. You see, again, Jesus cares about everyone. This is not selective. He's caring for everyone, the physically and spiritually afflicted. And notice how far his extensive uh, care goes. It's to the all who are sick, the whole town, many who are sick and many who are oppressed by demons. Jesus is literally fulfilling Psalm 103, our first Bible reading, which says that the Lord heals all our diseases. Now, this shows us what Jesus' ministry looks like. It's one of compassion and care, not of hostility. It's one of restoration, not oppression. And by healing many people, Jesus points us forward to the future, to heaven. When we'll have no more sickness, pain, or death. Jesus came to bring us this ultimate healing, the healing that we all need achieved by his wounds on the cross. Therefore, we must go to King Jesus for lasting healing and peace from our afflictions. Maybe you're sitting there wondering, all right, all right, I like healings. Should we be expecting healings today? Well, God can and does heal us through other means like modern medicine and medical professionals. Uh, however, there are a few points we should remember when discussing uh, miraculous healings that Jesus did. Uh, firstly, uh, Jesus shows us who God is and by what he says and what he does. Uh, therefore, these miracles are to point to Jesus' power and authority as the promised Lord. A second, uh, Jesus came as the God-man to save us from the effects and punishment of sin. Uh, therefore, these healings are to show us that we, who we are to trust, to be freed from, from, some, from sickness and death. And thirdly, uh, being healed really only benefits us in this life. But what Jesus came to do ultimately was to heal us in a way that lasts Forever. Uh, therefore, we should have an eternal perspective when we're thinking about being healed. Our ultimate hope for our bodies is found in the life to come, not in this life. In heaven, we'll get brand new bodies, uh, which is great news for a lot of us, myself included. You know. um, anyway, we'll get brand new bodies, glorified bodies that don't decay and will last forever. Surely that's, that's way better than being healed temporarily in the here and now. Okay, okay, you might say. Uh, but if we're to care for everyone like Jesus did and he went around healing people, uh, shouldn't we you know, try and do something like that too? Well, well, no. As the almighty son of God, Jesus can heal. He has that ability. He can cast out demons. He can calm a storm with just a word and he can even resurrect the dead. Despite having the Holy Spirit like Jesus did, uh, We are not to assume that we can do what he did. Jesus is God incarnate here to reconcile us to God. We're not. A God may or may not heal us. We simply don't have a promise here to be able to go around healing people. Nevertheless, uh, we are still uh, told here that we should care for people following Jesus' example, uh, enabled by God. You know, I say all this because many Christians get confused about this sort of thing, about the benefits of the gospel and when it happens, particularly regarding health and wealth. And not until heaven should we expect to be free from sickness, pain and death. But this shouldn't disqualify us from asking God to heal us, to be gracious to us, because he alone has the power to do that, to prolong our life here. And so back to the passage, after a long day of worshipping God, Jesus could have easily sent the crowd away. You know, enough's enough. But he doesn't. He He shows them grace. He cares for their immediate needs. And because Jesus doesn't change, he's gracious to us too. He uses his followers to care for even more people than when he was here on his first earthly ministry. And so, if you're, if you're physically unwell or spiritually unwell, uh, please come to Jesus for lasting relief and comfort. Uh, he will see you through what you're facing. Whether it's in this life or the next, uh, Jesus will care for you through his body, the church. Now, uh, friends, that's, that's you and me. So how are you going at caring for everyone? Uh, I'll be the first to admit I could do a whole lot better in this area. You know, doing good to others, caring for others who are unwell. Uh, but how about you? Uh, could you do something small this week to someone who needs it? Uh, could you share a meal or offer a meal? Could you go shopping for someone who, who is unable to? Or could you invite someone over who could use the company and support? Uh, perhaps you could bring someone to Jesus in prayer, asking for God to heal them. If Jesus is our head and we are his hands and feet, then surely we should care for everyone like he did. People have physical needs and we ought to show the same out-of-this-world compassion that Jesus did when he was here. Not, Not because doing so will earn us favour with God or get us into heaven. No, that's not why we do it. We do it because our Master cares. And so we should care too and follow his example. We have the opportunity to serve someone every day. You know, look, you know, I get it. We're all busy. We all have a lot on our plate. Perhaps you've got your own things going on in your life. Uh, perhaps you've got deadlines to meet and responsibilities to take care of. Okay, that's fair, but we should focus here on God's grace towards us think about how much God has done for you thus far and let that motivate you to take care of others along the way as God carries you. And so we are to continue the ministry of Jesus by caring for everyone. Uh, but also we should continue the ministry by preaching to everyone. Uh, this is point two. Uh, Jesus' top priority was to preach to everyone Uh, And this priority should shape the way that we continue his ministry today. And because Jesus didn't, you know, limit his uh, ministry to one place, we should try and ensure that everyone has an opportunity to hear the gospel. You know, usually on Mondays, I have a slow morning, especially after I've preached the day before. So I'll let you guess what I'm doing tomorrow. You know, I, I sleep in, you know, I I eat some comfort food, I put my feet up, I take it slow, I have a bit of a break. Uh, but again, you know, notice this is not what happens to Jesus after his big day of ministry, arguably bigger than my day. You know, um, no, Jesus gets up very early in the morning to spend time with God, to be spiritually refreshed, even before the sun gets up, likely after a very late night. Now look at verse 35, it says it there. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. You know, you may have thought that going out to the middle of nowhere would have signaled to his disciples that he wanted to be alone. Yet, well, they don't get it because they go ahead and pursue him and look for him frantically. Uh, Look there at verse 36 and 37. It tells us all. It says, and Simon and those who were with him searched for him and they found him and said to him, Lord, well, they didn't say Lord, they said, everyone is looking for you. And Perhaps they were excited and wanting to capitalise on Jesus' growing fame. Well, Jesus immediately squashes that and redirects them to his, the whole reason why he came, to preach the gospel to everyone. He says it there clear as day in verse 38 to 39. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. You know, Jesus uh, is passionate about preaching the gospel. We, we know he's preaching the gospel because Mark has already told us in verses 14 and 15, if you want to glance up the page where it is. And now Jesus says that the whole reason he came is to preach the gospel, highlighting how vital it is to continue his ministry on earth. It's it's vital because when people get it, right, when people get the gospel and repent and believe in Jesus for them, they are saved eternally, not just now, forever, you know, eons and eons of time. That's why preaching the gospel is so important and it's how Jesus meets our deepest spiritual need we need to be reconciled to God to have our sins dealt with or to put it in the language of Psalm 103 uh, Jesus came to bring justice for the oppressed he came so that God could forgive us for offending him he came to redeem us for God by dying on the cross and as we live for him he crowns us with love and mercy And gives us lasting satisfaction in himself. Therefore, preaching the gospel has to be an integral part of Jesus' ministry. And therefore, we should be encouraged. We should be encouraged to listen to gospel preaching. And we should be encouraged also to support and promote gospel preaching wherever we can. But at the same time, like the first point, we should care for the physical needs of others and not neglect that. So do you value preaching the gospel like Jesus did? Do you think it's the main way to continue Jesus' ministry here on earth? Some of us may be preoccupied with other things on our minds um, rather than focusing on our eternal need to be saved. Now that's why we need to sit under the gospel being preached regularly. Jesus desired that everyone would have the gospel preached to them. Is that your desire? Do you want every house, town, suburb, you know, state, nation, the whole world to hear the gospel? Well, if so, how can we as God's followers do that? How, how can we do that? Well, I have a few suggestions. You could perhaps support gospel ministry here at Donvale. You could be praying for gospel ministry. You could support a gospel ministry like Christian Union or a ministry apprenticeship. Or you could tap someone on the shoulder who you think you know, could p- perhaps preach the gospel to go into a uh, church-based apprenticeship like Metro or do a short course at PTC. I'm slightly biased, of course, but anyway, you could do a short course at PTC. Get equipped with the word to go out, not stay here. Okay, so we've seen how we are to continue Jesus' ministry by caring for everyone and preaching to everyone, but we should also include everyone. So this is uh, point three. Belonging is important. Jesus enables us to be included and welcomed into his community. Jesus includes the outsider rather than excluding them. And we should follow his example. You know, COVID was rough. I hate to bring it up again, but I must. Um, COVID was rough on everyone. Uh, we all had to adjust to COVID, didn't we? It was tough on our mental health, but I think it was also tough on our social health too. Uh, you know, many of us probably feel uh, disconnected and isolated, even, even after the lockdowns were over. Well, that was, this, that was the life of this leper in this story. Uh, he comes to Jesus... And he's been in ISO for like a very long time. Luke tells us that he's full of leprosy. So he's completely covered. Just imagine not being able to see your friends and family. No hugs, no kisses, no sports, no travel. You've got aches and pains or somewhat. You live alone with only other lepers as your community. If you want to read Leviticus 13 and 14 in your spare time, you can see just how hard this man's life was and somehow this leper he hears about how Jesus is caring for everyone and he goes to him humbly asking for help I look at it in verse 40 to 45 uh, examine how Jesus cares for him and allows the leper to be included in God's community it says and the leper came to him imploring him and kneeling said to him if you will you can make me clean But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places. And people were coming to him from every quarter. You see, Jesus heals the leper, which, by the way, is only something God can do. Anyway, so Jesus heals the leper, this powerful encounter with King Jesus. And now the leper, who was an outsider, is brought in, able to meet with God's people, perhaps for the first time. He surely would have been so very happy to be healed, but even more, he would have been thrilled to be brought back into community to meet with God's people. And here we have a picture of the gospel, of what the gospel is all about. It's about how Jesus was put out so the leper could be brought in. And folks, we all have something way worse than leprosy. It can't be seen by the naked eye, but it kills us. I'm talking, of course, about our sinful nature, which we got from Adam. Our sin is the Bible's word for our default tendency to do life our own way and to resist God and his ways. Our sin is what makes us unclean before a holy and perfect God. And so the only way you can get to this God, this holy and perfect God, is through faith in what Jesus has done for you on the cross. So if you haven't already, please come to Jesus right now. Trust in his life, death and resurrection on your behalf so that you can be washed clean of your sin and able to be with God and his people forever. Now, Jesus came out of heaven so we could go into heaven. You know, This is the gospel. And you see, because because of Jesus, we can... Uh, For those who trust in him, we're included in two very significant and spectacular ways. Firstly, and most importantly, we're reconciled to God, welcomed into his loving arms. And secondly, we're included in God's family, welcomed into his loving community. You you may feel unworthy, you may feel dirty, you may feel broken, or you're not alone. Uh, This This leper felt like that. Many of us felt like that before. But now, thanks to Jesus, we can be included in God's family. Uh, This is how we are to continue the ministry of Jesus, by including people, bringing them in, not pushing them away. Uh, The gospel is not a gospel of exclusion. Uh, Therefore, we should welcome everyone who humbly comes to Jesus, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, We're we're not better than them, we're not better than the leper, we need what Jesus offers, we need to be cleansed of our sin and made right with God. We have to be careful here though, uh, because the truth be told, our denomination can be seen as quite exclusive, I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I love and value the Presbyterian denomination, that's why I'm studying at the college. So, yeah, uh, but one thing I really love about us is that we don't compromise on what the Bible says, uh, like on things like gender, sexuality, abortion, race, and sin. We stick to what the Bible says, but we still invite people to come in and to be saved, don't we? Uh, but this, we may think, is very inclusive and very nice, but actually, to those outside the church, it comes across as quite exclusive. You know, at worst, you probably already know, at worst we're called bigots, hateful, intolerant and narrow-minded. And so we must go out of our way to try and include them, uh, include everyone, without compromising on on the gospel and what God's word says. And there lies the tension, right? There is the tension. Most Christians will do one or the other. We'll either focus on preaching the gospel and we'll struggle to include people who don't quite fit in. Or we'll try and include everyone and just change what we think and say and do uh, so that all they all fit in and we suit their interests and we end up neglecting uh, what the true gospel says. But look, look, look down at this passage. Look at how Jesus navigates this tension, right? Jesus made sure the leper was included by healing and cleaning him. But then Jesus says, "Go and do what Leviticus 13 and 14 says." Uh, did you catch it? So Jesus heals him, cleans him, enables him to come in. But then he also says, "And uh, go do what God says, because that is good, and Jesus respects it. Take it seriously." Okay. So okay. So how, what, what does this look like then? Well. It will mean that we have to be willing to be inconvenienced when we try and bring people in. Uh, We should do what we can to include people and bring them into God's community, but we shouldn't compromise on the gospel and what God says. We need to see how much it costs Jesus, but he still respects God's word at the same time. Baxter puts, puts it well, and he says... That if Christ died for people, shouldn't we go and care for them? Were they not worth his blood? Then surely they should be worth our work. Did Jesus come down from heaven to seek and save the lost? Well, then surely we can go to our next door neighbour or the end of the street or the next village. How small is our condescension and service compared to what Jesus has done? You see, Jesus came down to bring people into heaven. At, grace cost, at great cost to himself, and, and we should do the same. Okay, so today we've seen how uh, Jesus continue, we should continue Jesus' ministry by caring for everyone, by preaching to everyone, and by including everyone. These are the three essential things of Jesus' ministry in this passage. Caring for the afflicted, preaching to everyone, and including everyone. Perhaps these are the three things you thought of at the start. If that's great, Um, If that's you, that's great. Straight to heaven for you. That's fine. Come see me afterwards. No, but um, seriously though, the world may have a different opinion about what Christians should and shouldn't do, right? But God's word is clear here. Care for everyone, preach to everyone, include everyone. Imagine what our families, church and community would look like if we all strive to do this. If we really sought to care for those who are suffering to preach to everyone and include everyone now, we have the privilege of continuing jesus's ministry here on earth to bring restoration and healing to a dark world now that's our task as christ's body empowered by the spirit to continue his work now, will you join me in caring for everyone and their souls following the example of king jesus uh, let me ask God to help us do this amazing task. <coughs> oh, gracious Father, uh, we thank and praise you for allowing us to continue your work, the work of Christ, doing, his, what, doing what he did. Uh, please help us to take care of those in need around us, loving others like you have loved us. Uh, please enable us to continue to preach the gospel here at Donvale, never straying from your word. Help us also to support gospel work wherever it is. And please help us to include others as much as possible, striving to bring them into our community while not compromising on your word. Give us wisdom in how to navigate through this tough tension in our workplaces, in our homes, uni, school, or wherever you lead us. We ask all these things for the glory of your great name and the joy of your people. In the precious name of Jesus, our great physician. Amen.